and welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. He has one of the most distinct singing voices, not only of the 80s, but of all time. It's Tony Lewis from The Outfield. Now, Tony recently released his solo album called Out of the Darkness to rave reviews, and it's really good, I have to tell you. Now, he talks about the process of making that album because he walked away from music for a few years due to the death of his longtime friend and bandmate John Spinks. Now, The Outfield, obviously, you know your love. It's such an iconic song, but there are so many other good hits. Say It Isn't So, All the Love in the World, and there are a lot of good albums past Play Deep that we talk about, and let's talk about just how big Your Love got, of course, and just his time touring around the States and around the world. Tony, really nice guy. He gave me a few minutes, and I hope you enjoy the interview. And helping me relive my youth today is Tony Lewis. Tony, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. So let's just start um, with the the new album, Out of, Out of the Darkness. It's a fantastic album. I, I absolutely love it. Um, can you talk a little bit about just the whole process of that album? Well, basically, what it was is that I'd, after losing uh, a Back in 2014, in July, I really didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to sort of. I didn't even like listening to music, let alone want to make music. I couldn't even pick a guitar that first year. And then I sort of eventually, sort of, when the studio started tinkering around, I started making some backing tracks, and I just, I just sort of just, you know, just really wasn't energized by anything. And I went out with my wife. Well, he's in it. She's like, why don't you just get back to doing what you do best, you know, recording and recording songs and get back there. But I had, I had a couple of backing tracks and I was struggling with the with the lyrics, the rock and stuff. And then was, the first song was like, I'm going out tonight looking for a fight, you know, not very optimistic and, you know, um, cheerful lyrics. But I said, did you want me to give you a hand? What you, you want to write about, and she's very really good at telling a story. And um, and she sort of wrote these lyrics down, and I, I had some backing tracks, and I put some melodies to the to the lyrics, and it all sort of grew from there, you know. Then the one was done, and then I think Loving You was the first one we did, the backing track, and the words for that, and then uh, Here and Now, and In the Light, and it all sort of sort of put into place. Some of the songs were. We're written from scratch, recording to an iPad from a from an acoustic we did together, and it's uh, it was quite a, quite an easy process, you know. Yeah, and uh, the album like starts off, you know, into the light. Take 
songs have like a outfield feel to it and then eventually kind of transitions into more of your your you know original type of music i'm sure that was by design yeah i mean it's, it's i was always gonna have an influence of alpha because you know they they're a part of my life a huge part of my life i was on stage with john for over 40 years so even the outfield and do that first show as well was but yeah i mean after the first sort of three songs you you it's got my own twist on it and I was always you know if, if I offered ideas in the past with John they were always a little bit a bit darker and minor chord and John's more major because um, we sort of collaborated a lot you know we, we, we sort of produce produce our albums and then that's why I learned the tricks of the trade you know to, to sort of you know produce it myself and I I just wanted, you know, the Out of the Darkness concept was not just coming out of, out of grief, but coming, stepping into the light of saying, like, this is, this is what I do, you know, I'm, I'm not just a singer and bass player of the outfield, I, I did all the instruments myself, and I'm quite proud of it. Yeah, no, you, you should be, you know, it's, it's a fantastic album. Um, like a, a couple songs, yeah, a couple songs. You mentioned "Loving You," which I absolutely love. That's 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 a, a great song. Uh, just talk a little bit about the background of that song.
Freya first for the Wimbledon. So, you know, seeing her sort of born and, and she's like growing up now, and it was it, it was that inspired us to do that that song. It's a it's a really good song. Also, another one, uh, obviously besides uh, "Into the Light," uh, "Dance of Love" is a really uh, you know a, definitely a, a catchy song. It has kind of like a I don't know. It feels like kind of like a prog rock song a little bit as well. You think it's a bit of prog rock in there, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Songs. 
I, I wasn't able to see you on you know the Retro Future Art Tour, but I know it is like kind of you play a couple songs and move on. But were you able to play any of the new songs on tour? I played uh, Into the Light in the set. Was, you know, it was a bit of a tough thing to try and do because it was, you're not forgetting it's, it's all about 80s and I was playing outfields, which I love playing. So I just managed to get one song in. I didn't want to sort of do more than one song because it was, it wasn't what Retro Futura was all about. It was all about, you know, you get up there seeing all the hits, you know, all the you know, people that were paid to see. Right. Now, what was the reception to that song? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they liked Into the Light. You know, they, they, it, 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 I got quite a good reaction from it, you know, because it was, it was about outfield anyway, and uh, people were reacting like they'd heard it before anyway. So it was, it was good. It was good to play it live, and you know, it went it went down very well. It's also a, a fantastic song. Now, uh, speaking of the retro, let's let's kind of go way back even to like your early beginnings. Um, how did you like first get involved in music, and like, well, who were some of like your influences growing up? Well, years and many years ago, we we had a in John and Alan were in a band called Serious B, which. Funny enough, was as you said about prog, it was like a prog rock type of band, you know. Right. Make up these riffs and then put some words to them. And I didn't even, I wasn't even a singer then. Uh, and um, we, uh, it was like, like the late late seventies. And then, then the punk thing exploded. We just, you know, we, we weren't able to get any gigs around England, UK. The punk thing exploded, and you know, prog rock bands weren't really getting a look in. So. Um, took a sort of sabbat from that and then just played, in cover, played cover versions in bands, you know, when I was like 18, 19. And um, I, was, I was playing, but while I was in, I was playing, um, playing in a pub, local pub. I was playing um, a message in the ball and John came along to see us. He said, wow, he said, that, that, that song sounds great. I said, I'd, I'd like to write some songs with, with you know, with, your voice in that key, I didn't know you could sing that high. But I just thought everyone—I thought everyone else could sing, could sing please songs, you know. So um, yeah, he sort of a few demo tapes, did some few demos, and told you like to come and sing and play bass. And I said, yeah, with Alan Jack as well. And uh, just things grew from there. You know, we did demos at a local studio, and then eventually. Uh, Got American management interested, and uh, we were signed. You know, but it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it's happened over a period of two or three years. Right. So then, how did um, you guys come up with the name, the Baseball Boys? Well, John had, uh, had written on the back of a cassette tape, Baseball Boys, the, the film The Warriors. Okay. There was a street gang in the film called The Warriors, and, he, and he, um, there was no sport connotation, no no attachment to the sport, because we didn't really understand baseball at that time. And uh, that was that's how the baseball boys came about. So when we got a, a, a we got signed to Columbia, they said you can't be, you can't use baseball boys. How about changing it to the outfield because there's three people in the outfield part of the, the baseball field and, and the cricket field. You know that's that's smart because uh, when I first heard you guys, I. I, I honestly thought you guys were Canadian for some reason. I uh, kind of had that had that sound, but um, I heard you interviewing. Okay, you guys are definitely not not, not Canadian. Um, but yeah, it obviously didn't change anything because uh, you guys were were great back then, and still you know you still are to this day. Uh, now play deep your, your debut album with the band, also a smash hit gold record. Um, 
and of course, Your Love, you know, your iconic song. Was that easy to write? Studio, but 
around the world now, still got the original uh, work the lyric sheet. And it was written in about 20 minutes. And I had a great little pop song. And uh, little was, was we to know it become so big, you know, 30, 32 years later. Yeah, I mean it's it's iconic. Um, I went to I'm a big uh, baseball fan, so I go to Yan- Yankee games, and one of the players, Greg Bird, uses uh, "Your Love" as his, his walk-up music. So every every batter kind of has a different song when they go to to home plate to bat, and his is "Your Love." And it, it's rare to see like you know players use kind of like songs from back then, but it's 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 an iconic song, and it has like such a, a lasting appeal. It's phenomenal. It's, it's difficult to get my head around the fact that, you know, they've it takes the songs, you know, quite big songs. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's iconic, like, you know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite an honor to have a song, you know, like that's representing a football player. It's, 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 really, it's really exciting. Yeah, it really is. But that, that wasn't even the first um, single off the album. It was uh, Say It Isn't So, right? That's right, yeah.
well for conjectures, but we, we, we did tour with, with that something that was without release, and we did our very first tour, and it was a 15-seater minibus. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, like, basically just go around all the whole of Midwest, most of America, and just, just you know, sort of staying in really cheap hotels, stuffing <laughs> up, sharing rooms. And, and then we went back uh, for Christmas for that, in 1985, and then they, they put you all up to AOR radio just to keep us on the radio, to keep us in people's mind. And the, 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 the spring, during the spring and the summer, the, the song had a life of its own. You know, it just, it just, it just got, it just like became huge in the space of sort of six months. Yeah. Do you uh, do you remember where you were when you first heard it on the radio? Yeah, I, I remember getting it. Um, I never did my laundry once. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I very rarely did my laundry because I was very lazy. Right. <laughs> and then, and I was falling asleep with the radio on, and it was true to her, but I didn't get out of it. I was like, I'm going to be bored out to a voice this And I was like, oh my God, what's that? And it was me. Right. <laughs> Probably thought you were dreaming, and I huh? I was <laughs> my own voice in the, in the, long, in the laundry. Right. <laughs> That's wild, yeah. Now, um, like, where, like, where it's kind of like the most interesting place, like, you've heard one of your songs, you know, pl- played? Most interesting place? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it probably, you know, laundry, well, laundry yeah. probably takes it, but I mean, like, you know, a- a- anywhere while you're out or just, you know, the dentist's office, you know, a- a- any place like that. <laughs> I mean, I remember being on Bourbon Street in New Orleans um, years and years ago before the before the flood and everything. And there was a little, uh, there was a little uh, like cabin kiosk, you know, where this this bloke was selling cigarettes and and, and sweets and cold drinks. And uh, your love was blaring out of his radio, and I went up to him and I, I had a few beers. I said, "That's me singing." <laughs> and he went, "I can't repeat, I can't repeat what he said, but he said." Something off. Right. <laughs> and I went, oh, oh, okay. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he got a... a, a, a he told me to go away. Right, exactly. In, 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 a, in a pleasant tone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, you and John had such a, like, a dynamic relationship. Uh, how, how was it work, working with him? We were like you know, we were very, very close. Um, talked a lot, but you know, close brothers and you know people and that you know on toured for extensively for years and used to go down on a bus together. You know, you're gonna there's gonna be friction and stuff, but but he was my big brother. You know, I always felt safe with him, and you know, we had a we had a good sort of formula to you know to to, to write songs, and he would sort of. Like right, right back in tracks, and it sing a, a falsetto guide vocal. His falsetto guide vocal would be my real voice, so he knew what key I liked singing. It's mainly an E, e and um, yeah, we just sort of, you know, we just do each other inside out, you know, it's just, we're just like brothers. I know you mentioned before, after his passing, you kind of just wanted to just to stay away from music. What do you think, like his his thoughts? about Out of the Darkness would be? Oh, well, John, I thought. Yeah. Oh, to be honest, if John was still around, I, I wouldn't have been doing a solo project. 
I really was. We would have been carried on. Right. We would have carried on making making outdoor music. You know, right? I mean, even just before, he, even like three months before he died, we were still we were still recording. You know, and some some of the stuff that just needs finishing just wasn't where he was ill. It just wasn't up to scratch. You know, and that's why I took you know quite a long sabbatical. I, you know, before I decided I wanted to get back in it again. I mean, I, I, I saw Steve Perry um, interview, and he, he's been out of the, like 25 years. Right, know? yeah, and, and he's coming back now. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's bizarre, you know, that's a long time. Yeah, it's, you know, strange after, um, you know, the band being inducted into Hall of Fame, and, you know, he didn't even perform with them at, at, the, at the Hall of Fame inductions. You know, he was there, it's just like, he just kind of distanced himself and kind of took some time. So it's it's kind of interesting now. He's just you know making his comeback. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, on the subject, back on the subject of yeah, the darkness the solo thing, I, I I would have done it. I would have done it if John was still around. Which wouldn't still been outfield music, you know. He was obviously wasn't well enough to tour or anything like that. But we was just you know we, we just carried on, just carried on recordings. We just our favorite hobby. The, the last album I guess you guys put out as the Outfield Replay was was also pr- probably one of your best albums. Uh, and like, you know, people should really go back and you know, revisit the last few albums of, of your catalog more than just, you know, Play Deep and, you know, Banging because th- those songs are, are great as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we, 
we did the, the original recordings. Uh, we, sort of, we did the drums ourselves and sing with them. We said, oh, it'd be nice to get Alan back, you know, just to do a, you know, I suppose even even in those days, John had a pretty clear vision of, you know, what how his health was, and he wanted to do a final sort of album with, with, the, with the three original members in, you know, him and Alan. So we uh, did, the, did the drums on these tracks afterwards, which is unusual, it's not a normal way we do it. And it worked out pretty well, you know. It's it's a shame that the album wasn't that promoted that well, you know. We, we just put it through iTunes. And uh, hopefully, you know, with, with this album, yeah, my album out being in I hope it will just get people to look in at our film stuff again, you know. Looking up what the last album was and, you know, just reignite the outfield and, and celebrate the fact that the Apple were a great band, you know, I was just very lucky to be in the best band. You know, I thought it was the best band in the world for me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, at the band's height, I'm sure you guys hit hit all like you know the shows in America, like the late the late night shows. What were some of your favorite shows to perform on? Some of the favorite shows, I think, like there was one in Tampa. It was like twenty six to twenty seven thousand people. My memory is just that just seeing all the steam coming up from their bodies. You know, when it was, <laughs> it was so hot. So sweaty, and there's another, another thing we played in the port of Spain in Trinidad. Port of Spain is the, is the, the huge cricket ground we played in. That's 45,000 people there, you know, with air supply, survivor. And the whole the whole sort of pitch had to, had to relay the, the, the pitch the next day. Cause <laughs> it rained, and the crowd had just absolutely ruined the grass. Right. And as far as you could see, as far as I could see, there were heads, you know, like. Fans ahead, it's quite amazing. I've not, I've not got, I haven't gotten over that. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah, that's that's probably a, a great memory, definitely. Uh, now, like Out of the Darkness, like came out over the summer, but I, I'm sure you have uh, plans to release a new album as well down the road. I've got virtually the, the, the second album already written, um, just like one or two songs left to do. And, um, yeah, and during this sort of time of that off, you know, now we've just carried on. Yeah, Cal's been doing the, the lyrics for me and I've been able to do the music and this is such an easy process. It's just, right. you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's just coming through just, just the love of it rather than feeling like you have to go to the studio and write, you know, because a lot of people get writer's block, you know. Yeah. Where they just don't know what to, to write about or sing about or... Or get you know get inspired by it. you know being on this retro future tour it's just really has got me loving playing live again and looking forward to playing live again and, and when you play live for a couple of months you, you miss the studio so it's you know the grass is a bit greener right now um, do you have any plans to go on like your own like solo tour kind of promoting you know the new music well, as well that's the next thing I want to do Okay. Yeah, that'd be yeah, great. I'm sure. We're doing some uh, some gigs coming up soon. Uh, with the, well, most of the band I played with, lucky enough to play with on the retro future at all. Um, I know a drummer. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's five of us in the band now. Um, and uh, we'll do a couple of gigs coming up, and then just see what what happens. You know, we just just take one show at a time. Right. Yeah. Where, where are you going to uh, play those shows? Uh, 
I think we're doing um, the Hard Rock in uh, Orlando uh, on the 28th of September. Okay. Any plans for New York? I don't know what we're doing after that. It's just uh, oh, we're going to Nashville, but it's right. Nothing's really nothing's really confirmed. Yet. So um, you know, I'll just uh, until a, you know a, a, a decent comes comes around between now and the autumn or next year, um, it will definitely be uh, you know a solo tour. But obviously, playing outfield stuff as well because you. You know, I know, I always say this to everyone on the radio, you know, if I go and see Sting, I, I want him to play matches in the ball and rock sand and right, on yeah. the moon. Yeah, you know, I don't want, I don't want to hear all his solo albums all night, you know, I want to hear the police stuff. Of course. So people go along and they, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to carry on the band name now, because when John, when John passed, it, you know, yeah, get a band together and just go out and just tour and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Out of the Darkness definitely, you know, stands on its own and you should be really proud of it. But, Tony, thanks for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. And um, best of luck with the solo shows. Thank you. Thanks for your time. And a special thanks to Tony for joining us today. Go check him out on Twitter at Tony Lewis Music. The website is also TonyLewisMusic.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes. You can check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. The show is also on SoundCloud. It's also on Podbean. A new episode comes out every Wednesday. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do without you guys. And we're going to leave you today with another song from Out of the Darkness. It's called Here and Now. See you next week. If I lived my world in color, tell me what you think I'd see.